You start it off then. You can, you can start it off and just say, okay, enough about Thanksgiving. Let's talk about the real stuff. Yeah. I mean, this, this was real. We took it going for 15 minutes. My whole little thing about how to prepare turkey, that's real. Yeah, that was very real. This real life, y'all. everyone it's jason and katie and this is the funk travels podcast together we move from america to turkey to pursue our dream of international living and now we're figuring out how to live the expat life join us in sharing in our experiences the ups and downs and travels along the way great job hey hello episode 42 right 40 <laughs> i think it's 42 let me check. I like files. honestly can't remember which one it is. Yeah, forty-two. It's kind of like whenever you get old and you can't remember what your age is. You've ever done yeah. that before? Yeah, I do that quite a bit. <laughs> you can't remember that you're in your thirties. Well, I remember I'm in my thirties, but I don't remember which thirties I'm in. You're so close to thirty that it seemed like you wouldn't have a problem with remembering that you're thirty-one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, are you rested up from our Thanksgiving party that we had? Yeah, mostly. We didn't really do anything. Though I did, we did somehow sleep until like 10 a.m. this morning. Well, we did a lot last night whenever we had the party. So you're talking about like today we didn't really do anything? Yeah, but I mean, we didn't wake up until like 10. And I didn't expect that. I mean, we went to bed after midnight. Yeah, but usually I'll, I'll wake up much before that. Yeah. But I don't think I woke up at all before that. Yeah, no, I woke up at 7 and then... Uh, like had some water, went to the bathroom, and then came back, and then I slept another couple. It must have been almost like almost three more hours. Yeah, we were tired. Yeah. Just how it goes. Yeah, it was a full when day. You, when you party too hard, you gotta sleep in. Yeah. Uh, did you want to tell the people about our Thanksgiving party? Sure. We had Thanksgiving, and instead of having it on Thursday, we had it on a Friday night because it's easier for people to come. And it, since we don't have family here, we invited our friends. That are like our family here. Mm -hmm. uh, and not just a few of them, like all of them. Well, not well, all of them. Yeah, not even all of them. No, but um, we did have something like 30 people and a few kids. And what else? How many countries were represented? Seven. Seven. I mean, it was crazy. We had English speakers. We had Turkish speakers. We had German speakers. But they also mm -hmm. know English, so they usually use Turkish or English. And um, yeah, it was a really fun mixture of people. And I was like a little bit concerned at the beginning that it would not go so well. Only because when you have so many different people in one room, it can seem a little bit hard. But you're, you're just kind of concerned how it's going to go. But it actually went really well. Yeah, we were, th we were the like connecting link between a lot of various groups of people who hadn't met before. And so it was pretty fun to kind of see some of our worlds come together and meet each other and talk and yeah. it was fun. Yeah. And actually it's kind of funny that some people already knew each other, but didn't know that we knew each other. So yeah, like, it's kind of a small city, especially for expats. Yeah. When it comes to like expat community 
um, I think like church community as well. Um, you just kind of see some of the same people. Yeah. But it actually went really well. Jason made an amazing turkey. Hmm. And, it was good. Uh, yeah, so usually they use turkey here when they're celebrating New Year's, but we use it for Thanksgiving, and we were able to get one from a local store here. And yeah. it came frozen on Wednesday. And so Jason yeah. spent like six hours changing out water every 30 minutes to get it defrosted so that on Thursday we could actually season it and let it sit in the refrigerator. Yeah. So usually we we're hoping to get a, a fresh one so I didn't have to defrost it. But usually if you get it frozen, it has to sit in the fridge for about four days or something. And apparently when you got it from the guy at the store. The guy said, oh, just leave it on the counter overnight and it'll defrost, which don't... I'm totally fine with. No, it's so... It's not good. <laughs> That's really dangerous for food. Though I'm not actually quite sure why I was thinking about it. The reason it's dangerous is because it sits in the danger zone, as they say, which is the the zone at which bacteria can really easily grow. And so basically mm -hmm. you end up with a salmonella-covered turkey but then you mm -hmm. cook it and you have to cook it to a certain temperature anyway to kill the salmonella inside the turkey that's just there naturally i guess so wouldn't that kill the outside bacteria too i don't know the answer to this or why but all i know is like if you try to google it like every single website says don't just let it sit out on the counter because this is this is dangerous so so we didn't anyway we used this i used a quick method of basically you submerge it in cold water and then every 30 minutes you rotate out the water and it can get done in about six minutes and then i used a um, a variety of cooking called dry brining um, and when you dry brine basically you cover the outside with seasoning like a really salty seasoning um, but because you're not soaking it you have to cook it a lot faster but in order to cook it a lot faster, you have to increase the surface area of the turkey. So you end up butterflying it, which means like you use like some shears or something to cut out the backbone of the turkey and then basically break open the rib cage so that you can lay the turkey flat. Um, and, then, and then you just let that sit in the fridge for <laughs> welcome to cooking show. Yeah, didn't know that you're going to have like a whole cooking lesson at the beginning yeah. of this podcast. Podcast You're supposed episode. to let it sit in the fridge for like four days to like really soak in all the, the salt and stuff in the brine, but we didn't get it in time. So it only did for about one day, but still it turned out, turned out really well. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. So yeah. everyone else thought it was really great. And the great way, the great thing about doing this method is that you can then use the part that you cut out, the backbone to make a broth, which then you can use for the gravy. And the gravy yep. was fantastic. Yeah, every, like all the food we made was really good. Yeah. Uh, and we had lots and lots of food. So yeah. Um, so this is funny because I actually felt like this is the first time, besides like my birthday party when I turned 30. Yeah, I think that was my birthday party. This was like one of the, mo the most like adult, like, parties that i've ever given hmm you know like it sounds really silly whenever i say it i don't mean like an adult party but i mean like 
uh, a party where like people come and there's, I mean, it's like Thanksgiving is like a holiday and yeah. we served I and mean, we put decorations out. We kind of laid out everything really nicely. Um, still used paper products cause there was like 30 people here, but we like bought wine. Something about like buying wine makes me think that we are now like adults and we have reached adulthood and we are like throwing parties where we buy wine for people. <laughs> and so, so if, if there's wine, it's an adult party. Apparently if there's wine, there's an adult party. And it wasn't mm. just like one glass of wine because we have lots of people. It was like, you know, eight bottles of wine. You, so, which now that I think about it, I might need to make a note for next year. Just buy more red wine because most people drink the red. And we only, well, we only had one bottle left of the white. But anyways, all that to say is it was really fun to host our first Thanksgiving and to share it yeah. with like seven different cultures and um, just a lot of people. And everyone just did really, really well. They were really sweet about meeting new people and learning where people were from and being really patient about like mm-hmm. getting the food and um and everyone just said everything was really really great so it was a good yeah. it was a good second thanksgiving in turkey because last year we had had thanksgiving with friends in istanbul so yeah and i think we'll we might do it again next year we'll see actually i think it'd be fun to host like a christmas party next year hmm well we could host a christmas party this year in like two weeks well yeah but we're not going to be here. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, if you, I would be interested to know, like, who list, the listeners out there might be around our age anyways, but like what makes them feel like a party is an adult party? Um, like, apparently, <laughs> I think wine is an adult party, but maybe what they think mean, like. Well, like, what do you mean by adult party? I mean, like, okay, it sounds, it, because adult can have like several different meanings as like adult party that's not what i meant i don't well, mean anything know, negative i just mean like know that i just mean like a grown-up party like where I'm as not opposed just, to a kid's party well i'm not like i'm not just i don't know i don't know sometimes you you see those movies and at all the movies people are drinking like wine out of the nice wine Fine. glasses Although it's all about the wine here is well drinks you know like serving cocktails and that type of thing we did not serve cocktails but i did try to get jason to like come up with some type of thanksgiving cocktail and that didn't we just didn't do mm. it but i yeah you just see those movies I, maybe it wasn't like necessarily a grown-up party because i served wine out of like plastic cups and so <laughs> yeah but that was all out of necessity hoped huh that was just out of necessity. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we can move on from this topic. I would. I. I wonder, like, who out there has like had a moment where they have hosted a party and they have thought, like, I am no longer a university student or a high schooler or you know, like, there's just a certain amount of time where, after university, at some point in time, you like host a party for people and it feels like, ah, oh, this is like a grown up party, like what my parents did whenever I was little. But we don't have any mm. kids to like say that to us to be like. Oh, you're grown ups and you have grown up parties. So never but didn't mind. you in in college have these kinds of parties? Maybe there wasn't wine, but didn't you have like these big Yeah, shindigs? at my parents' house. So we would yeah, have blunt parties because my maiden name is Blunt. And we would have blunt parties at my parents' house. <laughs> there wasn't wine. No, there wasn't any there wasn't any alcohol. Um well, I mean, my parents had alcohol. I'm not sure if there was alcohol there. I don't think there was. But um, um, 
yeah, so we, we had it at my parents' house because we had like a really big backyard and a big garage that we could have a lot of people there. And so anybody who wanted to come showed up and it was awesome. And yeah, every year of college, I would like have like a hundred people over <laughs> to our house. I think that maybe the reason it feels like it was a party is because we weren't related to anybody there. Maybe. And so it, it didn't feel like, I mean, if you replace those people with people you're related to, you wouldn't have called it an adult party. You would have said it was, you know, Thanksgiving with the family, even though it, even though everything could have been the same. Potentially. But if we were with our families, you want to know who would make the turkey and all the hard stuff? Me. No, well, of course, probably you. But oh, like in my mom. book, my parents would make it. Yeah. You want to know who would buy the turkey? My parents. You want to know who would do like all the hard stuff and hand make the crust, which in America you don't have to hand make the crust, but if you had to, you want to who would do, you want to know who would do it? My mom. That's not true. I mean, your mom would do a lot of those things, but we would do things. Your sister would do things. Okay. So your family goes to your aunt's house. And how many things do we actually bring to that Thanksgiving meal? Yeah. Stuff. No. Like one thing. One thing, and it's usually a dessert or a side thing. And everything else is like other people bring. Or whoever buys the turkey, it's their party. That's, in my book, that whoever has the turkey and does the stuffing, it's like that's their party. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> so enough about that. Um, we had some we have some fun things to tell our listeners, don't we? Yeah. So last weekend we took a trip with uh, some of our friends, uh, some of the Germans that were at our Christmas party. Is it bad to call people Germans? I guess not, because they are Germans. They are German. Yeah. Anyway, what else some would Germans. you call them? Friends. Okay, you have this discussion whenever I say this about some of my other friends. Yeah, the Indians. And then you get on to me because I like my Indian friends. Yeah. They are Indians, even though they live in America. Yeah. And I don't think anyway, they have a, a problem with me saying that. No, they probably... I wouldn't have problems with them saying our American friends. Well, but we they live in America. Some Americans. So everyone's an American. No, no, no. Like, if our German friends were talking to their friends and said, we went to Pombokule with some Americans... I wouldn't have a problem with that. They would say, our friends. And then the people might say, are they Turkish? And they say, no, they're Americans. Okay. Well, either way, with some of our friends, we went. and Who just happened to be from Germany. <laughs> and we went, it took an overnight trip down to Pamukkale, which in Turkish stands for Cotton Castle. And it's because when you get there, there's this giant castle made completely out of wool and cotton like knitted together it's pretty cool it's like um a thousand feet tall just pure cotton all right we might just have to stop this podcast (laughs) why it's made out of paper and wool cotton cotton and wool that's why it's called the cotton castle okay i'm gonna set this set this record straight it is not made out of cotton and wool and jason thinks that he's funny but he's not always funny and you can't see me right now, apparently, because you don't have the FaceTime on, but I am like pointing at you hmm. to act right. Appropriately. Yes. Okay. So it's not even, it's not actually even a castle. So the whole name is misleading. <laughs> it's not a it's castle. Not made of it's cotton. not made out of cotton. Yeah. What it is, is this hill. Would you call it a hill? Basically, there are hot springs. Heel. It would be a heel. <laughs> there are hot springs at the top of a heel. 
and these hot springs have just terrible amounts of like calcium i guess and other minerals in them and so as over the years as these hot springs have just you know trickled out over the heel then evaporated they've left behind this white layer of minerals and over the years they've just built up and built up and so what it looks like is like a snowy mountain but in actuality it's you know could be the middle of summer and it's just this white um, mineral covering over this hill and it's actually really cool to see really stunning yeah and you, what, can, you can see it from like miles away yeah and what you, you can do right, is if you have the right angle of course <laughs> if you're looking at it yeah. <laughs> what you do is you can you walk in the gate and then they've carved this path that goes up the hill and you have to take off your shoes and so you have to walk up this big hill um, on on the rocks and there's some like water pathways that they've dug out and some pools that they've made and you can like wade in and stuff it's really cool and I, i've read that it was it's actually the most popular tourist attraction in turkey and i don't know if that's still true but at one point it is where you have just millions and millions of people coming to visit it what okay let's backtrack just a little bit what was like mm -hmm. your First, okay, before I'd been before, and I was super excited that you were gonna go. But like, what was your first? What was your expectation before you went? Like, what were you expecting to see? Um, so I had seen pictures of it, but the pictures I saw were different. That what it looked like was just like pools on the side of the hill that were white. But this, and so I, I was kind of expecting something like that. But this is like the entire mountain, and. I wasn't expecting that. I think it was way bigger than I thought it was going to be. And I didn't know that you like take off your shoes and walk up it. But it, it isn't, it also kind of sounded like there were like hot tubs that you could basically sit and soak in, but that wasn't true. Um, and so that wasn't an expectation that was met, but it, it's kind of hard to imagine what it's actually like to go. If, if you have no idea what we're talking about you should go and look at some pictures of it and and see because it's it's just really really unusual natural phenomenon yeah okay so then when you got there mm -hmm. like i mean you already kind of said a little bit about like what you actually saw like what was your very very first impression uh i don't i don't really remember what my very first impression was okay well yeah. never mind <laughs> What were you hoping my first impression was? I don't know. You kind of explained it whenever you said like what you weren't expecting and then what it became. So it didn't matter. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it was, I mean, it was really cool. I, it, it was something that I don't know if these places exist anywhere else in the world, if there's anything else like this. Surely. I mean, the world's a big place. There might be something like it somewhere else in the world, but I don't know. I mean, it's just really cool. And it's only a... How many hours drive? Six um, hour drive from us? Can't remember. Three and a half or four. It ended up taking us a lot longer to get there. Um, yeah, so it's it's near a town called Denizli, but it's about twenty minutes north of the town. So we stayed in a hotel that was right beside this Pamukkale mm -hmm. mountain. Um, I'm sure they've got hotels that you can actually like see the mountain from. I don't know from the hotel but we stayed in another one um nearby called venus 
Suites Hotel. I'll link to it in the podcast show mm-hmm. notes. Um, but it was actually a really nice place. Um, and actually, on the way, we were hoping to stop and have breakfast somewhere because in Izmir and sometimes like along the way to Ephesus and some other places, you can actually find really nice village breakfast areas. And we all really like Turkish breakfast. Um but we really could not find like really good Turkish breakfast, like the, these kind of like village buffet type Turkish breakfast places along the way. Um, so we ended up stopping at some some town and just a cafe that has Turkish breakfast. It ended up turning out okay. But yeah. as we were driving there, like our only goal was to stop and get breakfast somewhere halfway, like two hours in, and then drive another two hours to the hotel. Um, but I was. <laughs> thinking along the way there's got to be some other like historical sites because i've i've gone to pamukkale before i know that here in turkey the seven churches of revelations is a really popular tour and i've done it before with other people um and so i just couldn't remember where where they were and um and when i had lived here before i google maps wasn't really a thing yet was it um um probably not yeah Because like the iPhone had just come out, right? When I don't even remember having a smartphone. Uh, And so I think I just had to like follow. I'm not even sure how I got around. Maybe I followed signs. I don't know. But um, I had done the seven churches route. And all the seven churches that the book of Revelation was sent to are in this region. Like within one to two hour driving radius of Izmir. And so Mm -hmm. as we... We're driving to Pomegale. We did this north route. You can actually like make a circle. And so we did the north route. And on the north route, there's um, right before we got to the town that we ate breakfast at, there was Sardis. And mm-hmm. Sardis is one of the seven churches. And I was like, there's, I think there's a couple of other ones around this area too. This is how much research I did. I did none before I left. Uh, we you knew were we a just, tour guide though. I was a tour guide, but I did, we knew we wanted to go to Pamukkale and I just didn't, we didn't make any other plans. But as we mm-hmm. were like on the road and I was researching it, I was like, well, it's, it's like two minutes off of our highway. And so we actually stopped at Sardis before mm-hmm. we went to breakfast. There's some more yeah, stuff about Pamukkale, but I thought I would, I wanted to make sure we got in some other information. And so Sardis was actually really cool. Um, and though the, we didn't actually see the church, there was no ruins of the church there. There is a but, place, but I don't remember where it's at. Hmm. But we didn't, we couldn't find it anywhere. We didn't see it. But what they do have is this huge gymnasium. And it's, uh, it's got to be one of the biggest ruins in Turkey, at least, if not like the world, because it's, maybe like three or four or five stories high of these like the walls for this old gymnasium or yeah. whatever it was gymnasium it's a gymnasium jason <laughs> <laughs> anyway it was so it was really cool um and they had es- excavated a lot of other things there was a Right next to it was an old synagogue because there used to be a pretty big Jewish population there, I guess. With original it, mosaics on the yeah, floor? The synagogue could hold, oh, I can't remember. I thought it was like 9,000 people. people. Yeah, I was going to say 10,000. But yeah, just like, so I mean, a huge, huge synagogue um, and ancient roads. It was just, it was really cool. You know, it was like one of those things. We'll talk about it a little later, but it was probably 
cooler than I mean what we saw at Pamukkale and we haven't talked about the ruins there but like these just little stopovers along the way were almost as cool as the destination for me yeah and I don't think people talk about Sardis very much as like a place that you should go see I People go see it, but when I don't think they actually realize that there's a massive gymnasium that they have like reconstructed. Um, yeah. And when I say massive, it's it's huge, and so and you get to like walk through the back side of it. I mean, you can go one or the other, but then whenever you come out into the front side, you just you just keep going. Oh my gosh, this place is like ginormous. Like, how did they how did they recreate this? Um, and along the sideway, like the sidewalk on the side, they have all these marketplaces that they've dug out. So they have a marketplace for a bread maker or, I don't know, a silversmith, that type of thing. So yeah. it's kind of cool like to those see were, just those the were layout a of fishy. it. Those the, were a little fishy because it was like a sign that was like Pete's Paint Shop, you know, <laughs> not not Pete but whatever the actual like old Roman name is. And it's like, well, how did you know, one, it was a paint shop, and two, that it was owned by Pete? You know, that's just a little suspicious to they me. Had, they had, um, they had like historical artifacts that they hmm. found in that location. They had they pictures of like it. A, they were like, we found a pot here that says Pete on it, and it was for uh, painting. Okay. <laughs> of course, it didn't have Pete's name on it, but like... I think they have a museum that you could actually visit and see all those things in there hmm. as well. Um, so that that one's actually really cool. I cannot remember where the church is. So if you know where the church is, if a listener knows where the church is, is um, near Sardis, can you send me like a link on Google Maps? Because I'm we I didn't find it, and I guess I just couldn't find it. Google Maps isn't always labeled correctly because it said that where we were at was the church, but it wasn't. Um, yeah, I think the church may, oh, I guess if Google Maps was not right, then whatever. But I thought it was maybe a little further down the road. But the lady we asked said the only thing other to see was the, was a temple of Artemis or something. Okay, so here's what could have been a problem is that I asked for the church and she just thought that I meant the temple of Apollo. Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe that actually was the church and they just also called the temple because sometimes like they would reuse stuff that wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. Like old synagogues would become churches, you know, just like churches became mosques, that type of thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I but don't we didn't know. actually make it to the temple of Aphrodite's because we missed the turn. Uh, so we saw it over like a really beautiful view of um, fall colored vineyards. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And we were kind of hungry. So yeah. So then we, we went and ate lunch. I mean, ate breakfast, which was also about lunchtime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so also on this route, as you go down, was one of the other churches as well. Yeah. Was it Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was labeled as like St. John's... Church. Cathedral or something. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember... I mean, I have to look it up. Like in Revelation, for each one of these churches, there's a section in the book of the Bible, Revelations, where it talks about, like there's actually a letter or a portion of the letter addressed to these churches, like basically saying like, peace and grace to you. Like you're doing a great job. Here's where I see a problem. 
and maybe mm-hmm. you should work on it. Like kind of encouraging them to not not get it, not give in to like sinfulness and um, uh, things like that. Like mm-hmm. or to become complacent in areas where they could actually be growing, that type of thing. Um, and I can't remember what Philadelphia's was, and maybe John used to be there. I don't remember. I don't know either. But this one was probably the least impressive of all the places we stopped because it was you know, less than a quarter of a city block, maybe. And there was just some, there's like maybe a big gate that looked like it used to be a huge church. But now it's just, there's not much, not much there, except a lot of flies. So Yeah, well, not flies, like just those mini, those really tiny Nats. ones. Gnats. Yeah. So, but, so the coolest thing about this place is you can kind of envision what it could have been because the columns to this church are huge. Yeah. Like the columns alone are a size of some type of apartment. Um, And in Turkey, if you find historical artifacts, at least this is what I remember. Somebody told me this a long time ago. If you find it, you have to report it. And then like that site becomes like an archaeological dig site. And so I'm curious, like all those apartments around that area could potentially have become archaeological dig sites. So Hmm. either those buildings were there before they found the church. And so they can't move those apartments or people just didn't report stuff that they found because this place had to be really 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 like a really big church yeah i think so yeah um it's not much to get in i think it's five lira or something but Uh, we had our musée carts to get in yeah right which are great i mean they've they've so paid for themselves and It's still funny. We were with our friends. I think we talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, we were with the same friends. When we got them in Bodrum, it was with these same friends. And I think we talked about it then, too, that we got the ones where you could go to places as many times as you want. But they got the ones that you could only go to places like two times. And I would give Katie a hard time about, well, we can still go as many times as you want, but you guys can only go one more time. Yeah, we always joke about how I was like, no, we need to get the ones where we can go as many times as we want in one year. Really, how many times are we going to go to all these places? Oh, so now you agree with me. Uh, We could have saved like 10 lira, Katie. Yeah, well, I was kind of like, what's 20 lira? And we can go to Ephesus. Okay, 20 lira is like half a ticket to get into Ephesus alone. And so if we wanted to go to Ephesus like more than two times, we would like it regardless we have saved money because 20 lira got us in yeah it's one more time yeah it's paid for itself thank you we haven't went more than once potentially the year's not over yet yeah we have until february we have until february so this whenever we were going to get them i think our friends were like no we're not like why would we get it and it was a little confusing about what it would cover and that sort of thing. And it still doesn't cover everything. It doesn't, I don't understand why it covers some things and why it doesn't, but everything on this trip was covered. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so after we were at Philadelphia, we ate breakfast and then we finally made it down to Pamukkale, which we kind of talked about. So we've kind of been in this little circle now, but so Pamukkale has this, you know, this hill thing, but 
beyond that, on top of the mountain, there used to be a huge city. And the city is called Heriopolis. And there are still lots and lots of just ruins all over the place. And it's all just surrounded by this kind of natural hot springs wonder thing. And they have a theater and they have um, other things. But probably the most impressive part is their cemetery. What's it called? It's not a cemetery. Uh, tombs. <laughs> <laughs> tombs. Yeah. Uh, there's no, there's word a word. There's another word that you're... Necropolis. That's okay. Yeah. Necropolis. But that's not like the word for a tomb area, right? Or is it no. just... Oh, okay. I think it is. Man, I had no idea. Anyway, so it's probably, I don't know, a mile, maybe half a mile. 2.5 kilometers. <laughs> that five, is what the guy yeah. said. Okay, which is just over a mile of of just hillside full of these these ruins of these big tombs and they they're just kind of all over the place and it's just really impressive to just be walking through them they i mean they don't have bodies in them anymore and a lot of them are just they've <laughs> been recovered clarified or, that. <laughs> they've been recovered or st- restacked on top of each other or or whatnot. stolen because we had this conversation i was like where is all the stuff that was in a yeah. And our friend Jan had said it, they could have been people who just came and stole stuff out of them. Mm-hmm. Tomb Raiders. Tomb Raiders. Except that was in Myanmar. Okay. Uh, grave robbers. There you go. But it was really cool. But again, with all these, we're, we're just talking about these places. And like this place, or like a lot of the other places, these cities were eventually abandoned because of earthquakes. They'll like build a city. And then there will be a huge earthquake and it'll knock everything down and kill a bunch of the people. And then they'll, everyone will just go somewhere else. And this, this apparently happens over and over again with these ancient cities. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, because every, every place that we went, it was like um, in so-and-so, there was a huge earthquake that devastated the city. And like that's why all these places are – well, it didn't say that's why they were abandoned. But it does say like there was – massive like destruction and if it killed a lot of people there wasn't anybody left to really rebuild it so um but yeah so on the back side did you talk about the theater yet we haven't talked about it no yeah i was thinking about so you mentioned the tombs and then all the way up at the very very top is the theater and the theater Mm -hmm. was i could see we've talked about the theater at ephesus there's a theater. I mean, there's usually a theater at all these places. Um, we talked about Saga Lossos in Antalya, and that one had a really big theater that was not in super great shape. Um, but most places have a theater or two, but this one had one, and it actually had a really nice view from the top mm. of it, and it was actually in really good shape, kind of like the one in Ephesus is where they can still host like events and stuff out they can also they could potentially hold events here maybe they do i just don't know because i don't live there i think it's a lot harder to get to this one yeah it's not it's not an easy walk it's pretty up easy by to get to the one in ephesus so. yeah and we actually didn't we never parked up at the top there's a couple of different entrances to get to pomicale like there's a a south entrance that i think you can drive up to the top of where the snow-covered hill is or like you can Mm -hmm. actually see the top of the the mountain the white mountain um 
And then there's the north gate that we'll, we actually went to and walked up the backside where the tombs that go all the way up to the theater. Mm-hmm. And then the like, I'm, I'm not even sure what entrance we went into to walk up from the bottom of the mountain to the top. Yeah, I think that's just a... It's just entrance. Just a separate <laughs> one. This one doesn't get yeah. a name, like north or south. One it's other just cool thing at the top of the hill is they have a um, pool that you can go swimming in. And there are a couple of interesting things about this pool. The first is that it's a hot spring, um, and so it is apparently warmer. Two is that there's actually ruins inside of the pool that you can like swim. So you'll be like swimming around on top of or above these like ancient Roman columns and stuff. And so that's pretty, pretty cool. And the other thing is that this water is supposed to be really like minerally and like healthy for you. There's a sign that lists all of the like health benefits of swimming in it and drinking it and whatnot. And we tried it and it was, uh, we drank it. We did not swim in it. Like we yeah, drank yeah. some other water that people yeah. were swimming in. <laughs> Which, and it I don't get that weird. It tasted weird, but I think it, weird because of the minerals, because I think it just had such a high mineral content. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. like a thermal spa, thermal spa and pool. Right. Not and there's one more spa like as I would have thought it would have been. But <laughs> there's one more interesting thing about the pool is that as you're swimming, there's a restaurant all around you. <laughs> and so everyone's just standing there watching you swim. Um, so it's a little weird. Yeah, it would have totally – we talked about going. We even brought, like, our swimsuits in the car, and then we decided not to. One, it's kind of pricey to go in, to be quite honest. It's like yeah. – okay, it's not pricey right now. The exchange rate's really great. But it's like $10 a person to go in. Yeah, for like an hour? Two. Two, two hours. hours. Um, and it was just kind of – the second part was that it's just kind of weird that people are, like, sitting there watching you. but the cool thing about these pools was that like in the bottom of the spas they actually had like ruins like old columns and um things like that that were in the actual thermal area so i think maybe i have no idea you actually looked in the history of this area like it, it wasn't just like you had wondered we had we had talked about a few things like one, was it naturally created this way? Like, two, what was here before, like, a long time ago? Um, three, like, how how did it get all to these different places? Did people, like, make it go that way? Did they make the pools look like that? Like, did they make these little, like, streams to help it flow into other places and make it more white? And mm. you actually... It was our friend, yeah. Okay. Basically, and I don't remember all that he said, was I think it was kind of a mix of... A lot of it's natural. Some of it is kind of manipulated. And apparently before, I don't remember what years it was, maybe the 60s or something, like the road, it was like a road that motorbikes could drive on. And there was like hotels built right on top of it. And it was basically ruining it. And then it was declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And so they tore all of the hotels down and like banned automobile traffic from driving on it and converted some of the converted the road into the walkway we're talking about and made some artificial pools and stuff and so i think it's kind of a mix of um, natural and artificial because i think they do now control the water flow about where the water can flow and where it does flow and i think probably depending on the time of year 
uh, there's a lot more water or a lot less water. I'm not, I'm not really sure. So that was really interesting to hear. And it kind of gave us an idea of what it could have looked like. Well, not what it could have looked like, but how kind of new it, it is new. Like it is more new. It's, it hasn't always looked like this. Yeah. So. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm interested. Like, because obviously there was this really old ancient city built on top of it. So did they build it there because of this? Because of the hot springs? Or is this kind of a newer thing? I would think, I would guess that they built it there because of the hot springs. But maybe like the white part of it didn't form until later. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. So overall, it was it was worth it. If you have like a... I mean, we can talk about our trip back um, because we actually made one more stop. But Mm -hmm. to wrap up like actual Pamukkale, I really enjoyed going out there and I liked being able to stay at night. It would be really hard to do it all in one day. Um, For us, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd have to have a car and you'd have to leave like first thing as early as you could in the morning and probably get back late as you need to at night. Well, yeah. I mean, just for us, for where we live, because we live three and a half hours away. You know, if you lived in Istanbul or America, it could be a one-day trip. Yeah. Well, you can also take a train there. So some people take a train to Denizli from Izmir, and then usually a shuttle will take them up to the city that's close to Pamukkale, and you'll be Mm. able to get to your hotel from there. Mm. Um, So it is possible to do by public transportation, um, and it can be fairly easy to get there and back because we had some friends who did that. And if you live here in Izmir, then, like, you could also just go and do Pamukkale one day and – then come back and then go another day and do the rest of it. So yeah, and you definitely should. If you haven't been, you definitely should. It's yeah, because the first time I went, I only saw Pamukkale and I had no idea that the backside, like Heriopolis, looked like that. Um, and I think it's one of the coolest sites here. I think yeah. I say that about every place, but I, at least for the tomb, the tombs and the number of tombs that they have, like it was incredibly impressive. Um, because there's no other place that has the tombs that look like that, at least from what I've seen here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so we spent the night at that hotel. And on the way back, we stopped at one more church. At the churches. Um, seven churches. <laughs> of the seven churches. Yeah. Yeah. What? Which one was it called? Was that uh, Laodicea? Laodicea. Yeah. yeah. And so this one was really cool too. And I had read in some, like a Google review, that it was like, this is the, it's as cool as Ephesus without the crowds. And I would say that's not exactly true. It's not no. as cool as Ephesus, but it's probably uh, up there. I mean, it, it was a really cool, it's a really big ancient city and they've done a lot of ex- excavation work. They have a lot of columns, um, and a lot of buildings. It's not as nearly as, put together as Ephesus is, but they're still doing work. I mean, there were people there working. <laughs> there was a guy who was just digging on top of a hill. It's just a pile of dirt and he was and he shoveling was like, and we were like, shoveling. <laughs> we couldn't figure out if he was like moving dirt or if he was looking through the dirt, but <laughs> I don't know. It was, it just kind of. And yeah. there were people there with like stacking columns and like working in case you don't know, usually when they find 
columns, they don't find the whole thing intact, of course. And a lot of times they don't even find the whole column. There's just like sections of it. And so they have to rebuild the missing parts. And so we were able to watch some of the guys do that, that they were carving this bottom part and they had a crane with a, an upper piece and they were trying to align it and chisel off the bottom part so that the top cart could fit into it. Uh, and it was pretty cool. And so, I mean, this place is changing daily, daily, you know, with what they're finding and digging and building back up. And so we'll probably have to go back again in a year or two and see what it's like. Yeah, I would say it definitely has potential to be one of those sites that's like Ephesus um, or Sagalossos. Um, but not yet. And yeah. I say that because I went to it. I've been to it before. Actually, I've been to all these places before. But um, like the when I went in 2010, that might have been the last time, the beginning of 2010 with my brother and sister. Uh, it, it just mostly was columns and walkways. And then like a couple of like open squares, like marketplaces. Uh, and then the theater, which they always uncover uh, first. But since then, they discovered the church or the synagogue. I'm not sure if they're calling it a church or a synagogue. I thought they called it a cathedral or something. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a church. Yeah, yeah so not they a synagogue. found it um, and have excavated like the, the whole area of the church and then put like this massive cover over the top to protect it. Like and a it, metal roof. Yeah. yeah, like a huge metal roof. And... Um, while we couldn't go in and see it because it's not open, like that, that's going to actually draw a bigger cl- crowd, I think, in the future. But it, none of that was there whenever I went before. And as well, the, the first little marketplace that you can walk into off of the main road with the columns is uh, like a glass uh, overlay. Like mm-hmm. a, it's like a platform, a glass platform that you can then look down into the underground room that they have found um and like in the room they've like strategically placed (laughs) really nice um findings of like columns and um carvings of rocks and like pictures and stuff like that um underneath it and so you can kind of like stand on top of this like ancient room and like look down to see what they found in there and yeah it's definitely got potential and they're not stopping either i mean there were those guys that were working on the column, but there were also people doing some, we couldn't even see what they were doing, but like a huge digger and a huge crane, like moving different rocks over like maybe 500 meters from us. And then yeah, a couple of other guys in another area, like another marketplace. Apparently this place was really spread out. So they had like four or five different marketplaces and they were also like fixing that area as well. So it's, it definitely has potential that, I want to go back and see, especially to go back to see that church one day. Yeah, overall, it was a really, it was, again, like I said earlier, like these side trips were almost more interesting than the main thing we went to see. Yeah. Um, It was, it was just really fun. It's always fun to just kind of walk around these ancient cities and, and wonder what it looked like and kind of imagine, you know, what it was when it was a, a bustling city. And now it's just it's just interesting that these cities just get abandoned, you know, that you can imagine like Rome, for example, Rome's as old as any of these cities, but it's still a modern city. But these ones, you know, they just, 
were abandoned and no one lives there anymore and no one's lived there for hundreds of years and it's just interesting to kind of think about and wonder what happened and why people left and what their lives was like when they lived here and yeah i don't think our friends were expecting to see that much stuff besides going to pomicole and i mean we we didn't plan it either but if you do come this way and if you ever come visit us or we, i would definitely s- suggest people to do this little route this little circle because i think there are a few other places to stop off along the way too if you wanted to like stay another night somewhere else um and it would be really easy to make like a two or three day trip of it like making this little Mm -hmm. loop of a circle Mm -hmm. so um, yeah so now i've been to five of the seven churches so getting up there a seven of which five so Ephesus. ephesus Mm-hmm. And um, the one we live in, Smyrna. Well, technically, we only went. Well, I guess I mean, it counts. I, we went yeah, to the yeah. Agora, but we didn't actually me. go into the Smyrna site, yeah. which we need to mark off our list. But yeah, I'll let you count it. We live here. And then Philadelphia, Sardis, yep. and Laodicea. And the other two are Pergama. Pergama is mm-hmm. north of the city, north of Izmir, about an hour and a half by car, maybe. And the other one is Thyatira. Is that right? Sounds right. <laughs> I feel like I should have looked this up before I started talking. Yeah. So two, five down, two to go. Yeah. And um, it's just really funny whenever I explain about these places to people. Like pe- People are like, why did people go here? And I'm like, well, it's part of the seven churches and um, of the Bible. And people want to see places they've read about in the Bible because it kind of brings it to life for them. And if you're going to come to, you know, if you're going to come to Turkey and you're going to see the seven churches, you're going to go to all seven. Like you can't just say you've been to five and just stop there. Even if it's Mm -hmm. out in the middle of nowhere and there's not much to see, you have to see all seven. Um, Yeah. So uh, it was worth the trip. I think, I think um, if anyone does come here, it's, it's worth putting it on your itinerary. So yeah, yeah, I mean, we had a great time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, it's been a good couple of weeks, and I think we'll have one more podcast episode for the year, potentially. Uh, and who knows? Maybe we'll do an extra Christmas bonus. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> and um, that settles like that settles our podcast episodes for 2017. Wow, great. And which means that when we come back in January, we will be, we will have been podcasting for two years. Yeah, kind of. We started oh, yeah. in January yeah, started of 2016. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so if you've enjoyed the episode, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message or an email or comment on our show notes via funktravels.com. And also, if you've been to any of these places, we'd love to know, like, what was your favorite place to go? Have you done the seven churches tour? Have you been to Ephesus? Have you been to Pamukkale? What do you love about this area? We always like to know who's been around this area because it's just fun to hear other people's stories and what they love about this country. And we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.